For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject our spiritual journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. This is part eight of the series. We're to crucify the flesh and thus be dead to sin. In other words, we're to leave Egypt, the ways of the world and the world system, quickly with a staff in our hand. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? When we leave Egypt, we shouldn't want to go back to Egypt. Know ye not that so many of us, as were immersed in the Messiah Yeshua, was immersed into his death? In other words, when Yeshua died on the tree, his flesh was crucified. That's a spiritual picture for us, that when we believe in Messiah, we are to regard ourselves as being dead to sin or immersed into his death. In other words, we're to crucify our flesh. And we come out by receiving his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins, which is analogous to putting the blood of the lamb upon our doorpost, which is our hearts. Therefore, we are buried with him by immersion into death, that like as Messiah was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father. Even so, once we come out of Egypt, we should walk in newness of life. That means we don't live after the world, the world system, the values of the world, and the desires of our flesh. But now our mind's been renewed, and we are living a new life in Messiah, where His Torah is written upon our heart, and we live it out through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So we live our lives to be faithful servants of the God of Israel in Messiah and His kingdom by loving Him and keeping His commandments. We can see how accepting Yeshua as Messiah is the beginning of our walk from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Messiah, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. We've left Egypt, the world, the world system, the world's values, and living after the flesh and serving the flesh. And behold, all things are become new. We've been redeemed by the blood of Yeshua. We've been given a new heart. We've been given his spirit, and we can live a new life in him. Historically, Passover was the redemption of the firstborn. The nation of Israel is the firstborn of the God of Israel. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, it is written, And ye shall say unto Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And I say unto you, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if ye refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your son, even your firstborn. So in Messiah, the family of Messiah is a body or a congregation of firstborn in him. He, through his shed blood and thus receiving his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins by making him Savior and Lord of our lives, he makes us a firstborn in him. 
Of course, we are speaking spiritually. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 22 and 23, it is written, But you've come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and congregation of the firstborn. So once again, just like historically, the God of Israel brought the children of Israel physically out of Egypt, brought them through the wilderness to go to the promised land with their ultimate destination being Jerusalem, which is alternatively called Mount Zion. Their physical journey is a spiritual blueprint for us. That's why spiritually in the new covenant in Messiah, our destination is Mount Zion, which is the heavenly Jerusalem. And Mount Zion is a congregation of firstborn. So let's summarize what we've covered in this part of the teaching. Number one, Passover celebrates the redemption of the children of Israel from historical Egyptian bondage and slavery. Spiritually, Yeshua is our Passover lamb. And through his shed blood on the tree, he delivers us from the bondage of sin. And sin causes separation from the dwelling presence of the God of Israel. And as our Passover lamb, Yeshua died on the tree on Passover. Number three, the commandment to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost represents spiritually putting the blood of Yeshua upon the doorposts of our hearts. We do this when we repent of our sins and accept his shed blood for the forgiveness of our sins and ask him into our heart and our lives, making him Savior and Lord of our lives. Christianity commonly calls this salvation or being born again. Number four, it is the blood of Yeshua that saves us and forgives us from our sins. Number five, in the detailed historical commandments regarding the Passover lamb in Egypt, the entire lamb was instructed to be eaten, including the head and legs. Spiritually, this represents making a full commitment to Yeshua, following him, his kingdom, the ways of his kingdom, having his mind, and living our lives or walking after his example, which entails doing the will of God in our lives and loving him and keeping his commandments or following his Torah. Number six, historically in Egypt, it was commanded the children of Israel that the Passover lamb must be eaten with the staff in your hand and shoes on your feet. Spiritually, this represents an eagerness to leave living a lifestyle of sin and to begin to live our lives in the spiritual authority of Yeshua's word, walking after him in his ways. Number seven, the children of Israel came out of Egypt by putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. In other words, Passover was the beginning of their journey to come out of Egypt. The spiritual application of Passover is what Christians commonly call being saved or accepting Yeshua into your heart and your life. And when you do this and repent of your sins, and receive Yeshua's shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins, that is the beginning of a new life and a new walk with Yeshua. As you begin the process to make him Lord over your life and to do his will in your life. So this is going to conclude the last few segments of this teaching, wherein we shared with you a very important and major principle of the Torah, that those things that happened to the forefathers foreshadow or are prophetic of what will happen to their descendants or that biblical history is prophecy. So Abraham went down to Egypt. It foreshadows the descendants of Abraham, the family of Jacob, 
going down to Egypt. Going to Egypt is spiritual descent, as Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim, and the Hebrew word Mitzrayim means to be besieged, to lay a siege, to be oppressed, to be distressed, and to feel entrenched or boxed in and not seeing any way out. Pharaoh is a type of the devil or Hasatan. And he ruled over the children of Israel with cruel bondage over them. This foreshadows what it's like in our personal lives to be in bondage to sin. When the God of Israel commanded Moses to go to Pharaoh to say, let my people go, wherein Pharaoh initially said no, and then he offered a series of compromises, this is instruction to us regarding the spiritual warfare that we are in whenever we receive the word of God in our lives and believe a personal promise he's given to us or we believe a promise from him in his word that the enemy will come and try to take away your trust in the promises of God before it gets manifested in your life. Wherein first the enemy will say, don't believe any of the promises of God. And if you keep and maintain the promise of God in your heart, the enemy will begin to offer a series of compromises so you don't see the fullness of the fulfillment of the promise of God in your life. And then the children of Israel were redeemed out of Egypt, wherein the grace of the God of Israel was given to them whenever they cried out to him in their bondage. He remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he delivered them by his grace in being faithful to his covenant promises to his people. But the people had to show faith by putting the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and keeping the commandment of the Lord to take a lamb, bring it into your house, keep it for four days, and then kill it on the day that was to be celebrated as Passover. This foreshadowed Yeshua being our Passover lamb in him saving or delivering and redeeming us by his grace through faith when we cry out to him because of our bondage to sin wherein we desire his deliverance and his salvation. So the various detailed instructions regarding the Passover lamb has a spiritual application regarding our walk and our faith in Yeshua. So far in this teaching, we saw that Pharaoh, who was the head over Egypt, is a prophetic picture of the devil or Hasatan. Egypt is a prophetic picture of the world, the world system, and the ways of the world. And when the children of Israel were under Pharaoh, when they were in Egypt, ultimately they were in bondage in Egypt. And this is a prophetic picture of what it's like to live in the world, the world system, follow after the world's ways, and follow after sin. Sin causes us to be in spiritual bondage. And the only way that we can come out of that spiritual bondage is through the redemptive work of Yeshua the Messiah. So the way the children of Israel were redeemed or delivered out of Egypt is they were instructed to take a lamb and to bring it into their houses to keep it for four days and then kill that lamb and put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. Spiritually, Yeshua is our Passover lamb. And when Yeshua died on the tree and shed his blood, he did so so that we could be delivered out of Egypt, we could be redeemed from the bondage of sin and become a part of Yeshua's family. Prophetically, Passover foreshadows what Christianity commonly calls salvation in Yeshua. 
But being saved, as we can see from the journey of the children of Israel, was not the goal of coming out of Egypt. The God of Israel didn't just desire for them to put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. He wanted them to come out of Egypt, and he had a place and a destination for them, and that is the promised land, and ultimately Jerusalem or Mount Zion. So salvation in Yeshua is not the end goal. It is the beginning of our walk in him. Once we are saved by the blood of Yeshua, then we are to seek to do his will in our lives and be a faithful servant in his kingdom and bear fruit for his kingdom and live our lives in such a way that we bring glory to the God of Israel. In doing this, we are to seek to live a holy and sanctified life. And this is the spiritual meaning behind the physical instruction that was given to the children of Israel. As we can see in Exodus chapter 12 verse 8, wherein in eating the Passover lamb, where we saw that prophetically that means to receive Yeshua and believe the gospel message, that the children of Israel were commanded to eat the Passover lamb with unleavened bread. So the children of Israel leaving Egypt was synonymous with them eating unleavened bread. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 17 it is written, And you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. Leaven in the Bible represents sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 6 through 8 it is written, Your glorying is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out therefore the old leaven, that is the old way of living according to the world, the world system, the values of the world, and serving and living after the flesh and thus living a sinful lifestyle, because in Messiah you are a new lump, as you are unleavened. Your sins have been forgiven once you receive Yeshua into your heart in your life, repent of your sins, and accept his shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins. For even Messiah, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, according to the desires of the flesh or the ways of the world, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. In Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21, Paul explains what are the characteristics of the works of the flesh, as it is written. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things, practice such things as a lifestyle, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Leaven is associated with those things which the God of Israel hates. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, it is written, These six things does the Lord hate, yes, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among brethren. 
Unleavened bread spiritually represents being without sin or living a holy life. The people of the God of Israel are commanded to be holy in their lifestyle. In Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 it is written, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel and say unto them, You shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 2 is referenced in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 as it is written, But as he which has called you is holy, so you be holy in all manner of of conversations. And this is an old English word that means in our behavior or in our lifestyle. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Eating unleavened bread or pursuing a holy life in Messiah is an eternal command. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 17 it is written, And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore ye shall observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. Yeshua was unleavened. He lived an unleavened life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 it is written, For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 21 and 22 it is written, For even hereunto were you called, because Messiah has suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. He did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. The Hebrew word for unleavened bread is matzah. In Exodus chapter 13 verse 6 it is written, Seven days ye shall eat unleavened bread. Unleavened is the Strong's number 4682 and it's the Hebrew word matzah. Unleavened bread or matzah is also called the bread of affliction. In Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 3 it is written, Ye shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. So in pursuing to live a holy life in Messiah, we will still go through trials, tribulations, and afflictions. Remember, Yeshua taught us, as we went over earlier in this teaching, where he explained the parable of the sower, and when the sower sows the word, Yeshua explained that Satan comes immediately to steal that word that was sown in our hearts, and then affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake. And we can see this represented by the literal commandment that was given to the children of Israel. In Exodus chapter 12 verse 8 it is written, And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, with bitter herbs they shall eat it. So in believing that Yeshua is the Messiah, that's eating the flesh of the Passover lamb, we are to pursue living a holy life, that's unleavened bread, but we'll still go through trials, tribulations, and persecutions, that is roast with fire and bitter herbs. Bitterness represents being disobedient to Yahweh into his Torah. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 19 it is written, Thine own wickedness shall correct you, and your backsliding shall reprove you. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter. For you have forsaken the Lord your God, and that my fear is not in you, says the Lord of hosts. 
So we can experience bitterness in one of two ways, through the trials and tribulations that come into our life that test the word that is sown in our hearts, but we can also experience bitterness when we are disobedient to following the ways of the God of Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 17 and 18, it is written, As keepers of a field are they against her roundabout, because she has been rebellious against me, says the Lord. Your way and your doings have procured these things unto you. This is your wickedness, because it is bitter, because it reaches unto your heart. When we are disobedient to the God of Israel, when we refuse to walk in his ways, it will result in bitter things happening in our lives. In Hebrew, bitterness is linked with rebellion. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 8, it is written, And they shall eat the flesh on that night with bitter herbs, shall they eat it. The word bitter is the Strong's number 4844. It's the Hebrew word maror. The Hebrew word to be rebellious or disobedient is mara. So in Hebrew, maror and mara are related words. We can see that mara is associated with bitter from Exodus chapter 15, verse 23, as it is written. And when they came to mara, they could not drink of the waters of mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called mara. In Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, it is written, Make ye mention to the nations, Behold, publish against Jerusalem, that watchers come from a far country, and give out their voice against the cities of Judah, because she has been rebellious against me, says the Lord. The Hebrew word for rebellious is Mara. So bitterness is associated with us rebelling and being disobedient to the God of Israel, his word and his ways. But on the other hand, we can experience persecution, which feels like bitterness to our flesh, for righteousness and righteousness sake. So as believers in Yeshua, when we receive the word with gladness, Yeshua said that Hasatan will try to steal that word that's been sown in our heart through affliction and persecution, which is trials, tribulations, hardships, and testing that comes into our life that in this regard is testing if we will be obedient to the word of God, which we are endeavoring to keep. So the children of Israel were tested in the wilderness. Exodus chapter 15, verse 23. When they came to Marah, which means bitter, they could not drink of the waters of Marah bitter because they were bitter. So this is a word play in the Hebrew, as Mara means bitter. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 4, it is written, The ways of Zion do mourn, because none come to the solemn feasts. All her gates are desolate, her priests sigh, her virgins are afflicted, and she is in bitterness. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 1, it is written, I am the man that has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 15 it is written, He has filled me with bitterness. He has made me drunk with wormwood. So next we can see the lamb was roast with fire. Exodus chapter 12 verses 8 and 9 it is written, And they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire. And this is repeated in Exodus chapter 12 verse 9. Eat not of it, that is the Passover lamb raw, but roast with fire. There are multiple meanings for fire in the Bible. One of them is it represents judgment. Well, that's going to conclude part eight of the series on the subject, Our Spiritual Journey from Egypt to the Promised Land.
Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebrews.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.